0: Scripture reading today is the uh, birth of our Lord, recorded for us in the Gospel of St. Luke, the second chapter, beginning with verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. because there was no room for them in the inn. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would strengthen our faith through them. Amen. may be seated. An uncle once said to me, if you want to know how insignificant you are, go read the phone book. A fellow pastor once said to me, If you want to know how irreplaceable you are, stick your fist into a bucket of water and pull it out and see what happens. It's easy for us sometimes to feel kind of insignificant. We think about the mass numbers of humanity that there are in the world right now. I remember when I was in grade school on one of our visits up to Minneapolis, we went to a museum and had this big like a scoreboard on the side that was ticking off every birth that came into the world every so many seconds so few seconds and a couple of us stood there and just were just marveling at this monstrous number and just how quickly those digits were clicking on that board makes you feel kind of insignificant just in the world today there will be they estimate three hundred and eighty five thousand babies born in the world that would be roughly the city limits of minneapolis being added every day into the world's population through the birth of babies five thousand births will probably take place just while we're having chapel today in the united states every day just in the u.s. alone there are twelve thousand babies born every day. That's like taking the city of St. Peter and dropping it into the U.S. population every day. In the state of Minnesota every year there are 68,000 births, which is roughly the size of Mankato. So if you take the greater Mankato area and imagine that every year being added to the population just of the state of Minnesota. We live in a society today that has embraced what we call existentialism. Existentialism means that you are the most important thing in the world and and who you are and what you do is so amazingly important. The world needs to know it. Facebook has added to this and Twitter and everything else how important it is that everybody hears and knows what I'm doing and what my life is going doing and all the pictures in my life even the food that I'm eating and yet when we really consider ourselves in the mass of humanity that's out there it's pretty pretty easy to feel just the opposite pretty insignificant how much do I really matter I have a card from my father's birth in 1926 that my grandmother sent out to relatives and friends of the congregation I'm sure and I would guess that I'm the only one that still has that card today because I'm kind of the archivist for my family our births get a little bit of fanfare when they take place in our families and maybe some friends in the community. But after that, it kind of fades away very quickly. Even today, when we have the ability to put things out about ourselves and, and uh, post things for our friends to see and so on, which is very nice, but it still is just awash in the huge, enormous sea of information and data that goes out there on the internet so it's easy for us sometimes to maybe feel a little bit insignificant in our world but to God consider how unique you really are there's nobody in the world that is exactly like you even if you have an identical twin uh... they have a different that person would have a different set of fingerprints from you the bible says uh, the the psalmist writes you knit me together in my mother's womb just like maybe a grandmother sitting down to knit a sweater for one of her grandchildren god uses that imagery to to depict how he touched every part of who you are to be and every part of your body and your eyes your nose your hair uh, how tall you would be your skeletal structure what your face would look like how through how your teeth would line up all of those things were determined the same god who decided the depths of lake superior and the height of the mountains in colorado that same god is the one that that meticulously decided everything about you as a human being and sin of course is is a condition that has fallen on us because of our first parents that because of that our conceptions our births into this world were all tainted with that flavoring of sin that that still troubles us and infects our lives today so the the problem that we have of our of our sinfulness before God is something that attached itself way back not just to your birth but even before that to your very conception as David says I've been sinful from the time my mother conceived me and so if there was to be a plan to have you and me rescued out of this condition of sin that's attached itself to us, it would have to start with our conception. The holiness that you and I need could not just start with our birth. It had to start with the conception of a child, which is why the Holy Spirit had to be involved in in planting the seed of our Lord inside of this Virgin Mary. So in order for you and me to be able to possess the holy, perfect righteousness that it would take to get into heaven and a record that is absolutely spotless, it would have to start with where our sin started, back with our conception. And among all of the births that would take place in the world, the year that Jesus was born, and just in the Roman Empire itself, probably Hundreds of thousands of births maybe that took place around that empire. God chose to fashion one little birth that day that would accomplish this holiness that you and I need to have. So that all the way from conception to delivery and then into his actual life on earth, our Lord would possess this righteousness that you and I need so desperately. And so the the birth of Jesus on the surface looked very common to everybody else. There were probably other babies born in Bethlehem that day. Certainly in Jerusalem, a city of that size, there would have been other births that day. And yet here in this very common birth, maybe even lowlier than most, is the Lord of all, the Son of God coming into the world. God bringing himself and connecting himself to us. So if you think about all of the different events that could get God off of his throne to act in history, all of the different, all of the different situations or conditions here on the earth that, that would require God himself to be moved to such an extent to come into the world. There are many things that could take place and would take place in human history or even in things in the world that are destroyed, meteors that are that are destroyed, comets that fly through the sky, all of the big major things that could happen. And yet none of that really got God to come off of his throne to become a human being. But your situation, your problem, my problem, with being conceived in sin, our problem of the sin that's in us that would have prevented us from going through the gates of heaven someday, our problem of the grave that's in front of each one of us, that's what got God off of his throne that is what caused God himself to become a person because of you because of what's gonna happen and could have happened for you in your future And God wanted to change all of that for you into the most positive way so the activating impulse that causes Christmas to take place is the heart of God having mercy for your condition and my condition I love a hymn verse that Martin Luther put into one of his hymns of Dear Christians, One and All Rejoice. I quote it every Christmas time because I love it. He spoke to his beloved son, "'Tis time to have compassion. Then go, bright jewel of my crown, and bring to man salvation. From sin and sorrow set him free. Slay bitter death for him that he might live with thee forever." We might be tempted sometimes to think that In the mass of humanity we are rather irrelevant and our lives are going to be rather irrelevant and probably in human history we will be but isn't it wonderful to know that from heaven's perspective you have such tremendous value and relevance that God took these actions just for you st. Paul says it so well you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich yet for your sakes he became poor so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. This is how one of the great teachers in the ancient Christian church, a man by the name of Cyril in Egypt, this is how he said it. I love this. The Son of God joined our nature to himself so that he might restore it to its original beauty. Won't it be wonderful to know yourself the way Adam and Eve did in paradise before the fall into sin? That's what we have in Christ and in this Savior. Live for the paradise he has come to give you. Amen. Please rise for prayer. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, you gave your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, to become man and to come into the world that he might destroy the works of the devil and deliver us poor offenders from sin and death and give us everlasting life. We beseech you so to rule and govern our hearts by your Holy Spirit that we may seek no other refuge than his word and thus avoid the sin to which we are by nature so inclined in order that we may always be found among the faithful followers of your Son, Jesus Christ, and by faith in him obtain eternal salvation. Through the same, your beloved Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one true God, now and forever. Amen. may the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless and preserve you. Go in peace. Amen.